0: Oh baby, what do we got here? We have Suzuki ich- Ichigo Suzuki. It's based off Seattle of, Mariners. This looks like a jujutsu kaisen. Uh, it's actually supposed to be
1: based off the Akira. Um, uh, what's it called? Banner or whatever. Poster. Okay. But yeah, I don't well, think the writing can... definitely
0: looks like Akira. Yeah, oh, the font, right? Yeah, I don't nice. think does. I wish you guys could see this through the microphone, but it is uh, like I said, an Ichigo. Um, Ichiro. <laughs> Ichiro. Sorry, I keep seeing yeah. Ichiro the Ichiro uh, baseball card it's kind of cool it's a uh, Seattle Mariners 1995 Topps baseball made by a
1: shoe manufacturer uh Project well, the seven. Art, art was put together by a shoe manufacturer I want
0: to open this but I know you're not supposed to You can I've actually got oh have you I want to I don't um, want
1: to open it but like the way it, it like
0: almost kind of opens I it's like almost like I I, won I won went a, to open it
1: Yeah I won a lottery on these guys so this is actually my second one my first one's like one Of 70, so nice, super rare, anyway. So that was a waste of time because nobody could see that. Uh, anyway, welcome it's back. It's pretty cool, to take my word for it. Welcome to the Triangle Anime and Manga Review Podcast, everybody. I'm Logan. Here with me today is uh, as the, every day, the man with the hair, Ozzy. How's it going? It's an interesting word to describe hair, yeah. I mean, I've been working on my uh, Wordle skills, so I'm ah, trying to get as many wordle, words. I hear you. You're
0: running the word of life. I actually did not learn about that until recently when the guy sold it for, however many millions of dollars. And you know what? Screw New York Times for making something that's so loved and so free under a subscription. Yeah, that's some bullshit. It hasn't done it yet, but I mean. But I mean, if you guys want to support us and you know, kind of like
1: make us a podcast, you know, you guys are cool. Yeah, I mean, if you subscribe to our million-dollar subscription thing, there's an Ichiro Suzuki card sitting on my table right here. Yeah, you don't it, get it. They're it's, just, it's,
0: he's, just <laughs> stating, he's just stating
1: that we have one. That's it. It's like I, this conspiracy theory podcast I listen to. They're like, if you subscribe to our million-dollar thing, we will make you a Manchurian candidate. Can- can- I'm like, great. That was, nice. That's what I signed up for. But, yeah. Uh, but we're back at it again. Here. Here we are. Um, what is this, like, third, fourth episode of the year? and uh... I think uh, going into this one, we wanted to take a little time away because most of our episodes have been recaps up to this point. And we wanted to take some break from uh, just talking about the current anime that's out there. And frankly, uh, part of that is on me because I've been looking at the, some of the current anime and I'm like, it's kind of bleh. Yeah,
0: nothing's hitting, dog. I look at it, too, every week and I'm just like... All of the stuff that I'm interested in only are, like, continuations of last season. And, I mean, we're still going to do a season recap. It's just, yeah, it's definitely on the back burner.
1: Yeah, well, like, all the good stuff is all, like, sequels or stuff I knew I was going to watch anyway. And then a lot of the other stuff is just, like, it's stuff I've seen before or it's stuff that's poorly written. <laughs> oh, and man. that kind of brings us into what we're talking about. What uh, This week we decided to go with one of our... Um, Character introspectives, and we decided to talk about, you know, what makes a well-written character versus a poorly written character. So no. yeah, I mean,
0: when we say that, we do want to preface by saying that this is kind of our opinion. Uh, these are in characters that we enjoy and have not enjoyed in the past. Uh, no,
1: Ozzy, this is the official list. There's no way anyone could ever disagree. Yeah, so in, in other this.
0: words, what we're saying is law. And if you, for some <laughs> reason, really enjoy Aaron Yeager, you can fuck right off. <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. That'll be no, fun. Uh, no, I mean these are just characters that we've enjoyed, and in this, in this spans, you know, you know, years. I mean, we go back as far as, um, you know, our origins when it comes to some of these characters, and we go back a couple years or cal- uh, maybe uh, just one year for some of these characters. So we try to get a good span of characters just to uh, diversify, um, and we're just going to bring some highlights and I guess lowlights for some of these about why we think they're well written or poorly. And what we liked about them, so uh, yeah. I think it'll be fun just to kind of talk about how different traits or maybe different tropes or different character uh, like
1: developments help grow well, character, right? And it is kind of interesting to look at like, and we're going to talk about this more as we get into it. A character itself may not be well written, but it can still contribute to a. Good story overall. Yeah, you know, well written for the story is different yeah.
0: than the character on its own being well written, right? Yeah, you don't or at need, least likable. Right? Yeah,
1: you don't need every single character to be the most in depth, well thought out character because sometimes, depending on the story, your char- your your good guys just need a evil punching bag, or you know, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, that well, yeah, that everybody likes to see get beat up, or you know, maybe. Your character needs someone cute to look after. I don't know. But yeah, point being is there's a lot of factors that go into making an enjoyable story. And just, you know, sometimes you get a mix of good and bad characters to combine into a fascinating story. But anyway. No, I mean, you're right. Sometimes
0: you have to have mediocre, for lack of a better word, characters that drive a story. And they might not be the most... You know, entertaining characters—they might not be the most likable or personable characters, but you know, they still they still drive the story, and that's what's important as a protagonist or antagonist or even a supporting character. Yeah. So, I mean, with yeah. That, um, and I guess without further ado, you you want to start off? You want to?
1: You want to start? Uh, why don't you leave this? Why okay. Why yeah, this I'll scene? start off
0: yeah. with the uh, with the list. Well, off the top, we decided to go in this order. Um, we're going to start with Vicious from uh, Cowboy Bebop, right? So. Uh, that was your choice, so if you want to kind of give us an over, tell
1: us who he is for some of us who don't know. So vicious. For those of you who watch the live action versus <laughs> the cartoon anime, vicious is basically the foil to the main character Spike in Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I mean, vicious is the edgy antagonist. Is a yeah. He's a he's basically just a villain. He's a bad guy. Um, like. I think Vicious from the anime is a good description of what we were just discussing, where he really doesn't have a lot of depth as a character. He's kind of just there to be this thing that is that Spike is constantly running from throughout the series. That even though we don't know much about Vicious, what we see about from him is just enough for us to be like, oh, this guy is bad news, and make us kind of wonder more about Spike as a character like what he's gone through and what his past is because that's really you know cowboy bebop being an anthology you don't want to have a bunch of stories leading all back to every single thing that spike has ever done you know come into a head you just want little hints here or there and vicious as a bad guy kind of contributes to that he's you know, he's got the stereotypical, he's got white hair. He's got a big katana that he carries around and murders people with. He doesn't say much. It's no, just he's like, very cold, right? I he's mean, very cold and analytical. Yeah, and he just seems to have this dark obsession with Spike for some reason. But really, you know, we don't, other than that, we don't know much about him. Like, we know he's in a criminal syndicate, and we know he likes murdering people. And that's about it. We're, yeah, I mean, and, he's, he's written
0: as, you know, the... That force that you have to overcome, right? I mean, he's not made to sympathize with, in yeah. a way, right? You just look at him, like you said, he's just there to, for for to give Spike a reason to deal with certain challenges. In yeah. this case, him trying to hunt down Spike himself, I guess.
1: Well, and I think that kind of feeds into the whole story in the anime, right? Is really with Spike. His key theme in the story is that he is always running from his past. And even when all of the other characters eventually turn back around and deal with their past, Spike is never ever actually able to deal with it. Because he's always running from something. And the only thing we have to embody that is vicious. And even though we don't know anything about him, he's terrifying. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what we... They do a good job
0: of kind of portraying him as a terrifying dude. I mean, he's cold. He's calculated. Um he's ruthless you know and i think that in a way he's spike kind of shows the same coldness at times i mean spike is more easygoing than i would say uh vicious is but they're both very like reserved at times i mean they're not very outward going they're both very like um cynical at times too i would say right um so you kind of have that that shared thought cuz i mean they were buddies at one point right cuz they both were they yeah, and they you'll were, have to refresh me on this because it's been years i've only watched them like, Bebop they were once. like
1: they were like partners
0: right they were both under the same syndicate yeah, right they they, they did this so thing. they worked together and then now you know they're opposing forces and uh, it's it's cool to see that dynamic but you know whether he's poorly or well written i guess you can argue that he does the story justice
1: by being that that force that you have to deal with um I mean, I think, I think that's the key thing is if they had tried to go over the top with this character and try to give him a lot of backstory and flesh it out, it would kind of would have been you wouldn't have gotten to spend as much time with the other main characters, the actual main characters. And I, I don't think it just I just don't think it adds much. And you see that in a contrast for those of you who actually watch the live action Cowboy Bebop. I don't know why you would do that. But I did, um, and you kind of see where if you add backstory to this guy and add like motivation to him, it just turns him into like a kind of a creepy edge lordy kind of like villain. half-assed villain. half villain who yeah. like as as is trying to be intimidating, but actually just kind of comes off flat because he never gets anything done successfully. Uh, but yeah, it's it's tough. So, so yeah, I mean, I like the idea that you're saying that you know you kind of have to f- figure out how much
0: backstory how much thought to give to your villains right if you're going for more of this powerful powerful force of nature kind of dude you can't really spend too much time on him because he's not as relatable he's not relatable to the majority of people how many people you know are leading a syndicate and just fuck shit up for no reason Yeah, and just
1: murdering people right yeah who are just obsessed with killing people yeah but in this case, it works for the story. So that's where I kind of like this guy from just from a sense of, like, he's not the most well-written character. But in this case, he works for the story because he just comes off as a terrifying kind of force of nature villain who is always after our hero. And that works really well Yeah, uh, to break up kind of the fun-loving group, as it were. Uh, uh, No, I agree. I I think it was a good choice because,
0: you know, as a villain, I like to see good villains. Um, And there's different types of villains. And I feel like villains are usually the – they're kind of not as fleshed out because everyone just cares about the protagonist. I mean the protagonist just needs something to defeat, something to overcome. Um, And it's a good balance with Vicious and making him a cool kind of, I guess – collected but crazy character but also not making him too fleshed out right so so then in your opinion is this good bad or ugly (laughs) oh thanks is this what we're doing
1: we're doing a ranking i I ranking just a defining i would actually i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with ugly because i think it's just kind of a Depending on the story, he either works or he doesn't. And in this story, he works really well, but if you throw him into any other story, like, he would not make a great Batman villain, for example. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's why, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I mean, ugly doesn't necessarily mean, like, worse or terrible. It's just, yeah. like, depending on the situation. Like, you, you, if you like that kind of villain, I think he, he works well for you. If you're looking for a little bit more backstory, that's not going to work for you, right?
1: I mean, so. did you ever even watch that movie? Like... The movie? No. Oh, you should. It's great. But anyway, cool. uh, that's another writing thing. But anyway, what's your opinion? Good, bad, or No,
0: I, I would agree ugly being that it's just he works for the story, but he's not very interesting to me, right? Alright. Well, so, lead us up. Cool. So that's Vicious. Um, our next one is uh, we're going to take a little left turn here and uh, go into a more recent anime. Uh, we're covering Remake Our Life and the character in question is Kiyoya, which is actually the, the main character. So that was my choice. Uh, Remake Our Life was a uh, Uh, it's a drama slash not an isekai it's a time travel anime um yeah sure if you want to distinct be distinctive we're not having
1: the isekai argument today. so anyway whatever um
0: guy goes back in time and has the opportunity to change his life by going to school again and technically focusing on a um a career in like game development and i guess uh entertainment and um, he goes back in time to school, to college, I guess, and he joins this group of, like, prodigies and learns from them and befriends them. So my my gripes with Kiyoya is that he's actually the most boring person in the entire anime. Like, the supporting cast outshines him throughout the series because I find him being too much of a supporting main character i guess like his entire role when he went back in time was to better himself to kind of help himself become a better person and have a better career in you know his near uh, his new future and i was excited to see that because a it was i was excited to see some of what i guess school would be like for a gamer and what skills he would use and what uh, fun activities he would partake in but it ended up him going back in time and just befriending these other prodigies that would end up actually becoming like the new era of um, like yeah. top tier producers top-tier and developers, right?
1: Yeah, whatever's. Yeah, I and remember. Yeah. It
0: just felt like the entire time he was the supporting character. He was written to be what was driving them. And again, this is kind of another weird situation where yes, that drives the story, but it made me less interested in him as time went on. Like every other supporting character was was more interesting because of him. So I guess he works for
1: what he's for, but it just, I I did not like him. This was an interesting case because as you pointed out, like, he actually puts himself in the supporting character role. Mm -hmm. Where, like, as it starts out, and I don't know if this was, like, somebody told the, some editor told the, this happens a lot in manga and anime, where originally the writer wants to go in one direction, and the editors get a lot of say in how the story is written. So an editor will come in and be like, no, you can't do that, you gotta do something else. Because early on, it feels like the story's heading in the direction you want. Like, I like the stuff where they're doing the shooting and they're doing the like film sh- and they're showing what's on the screen and everything. But then they kind of steer away from that and it becomes like him supporting these prodigies to try and become what they became anyway without him. And it's yeah. it's very... It's very strange. It's like he puts himself in the back seat as a main character. So it's like, why are you even here? Yeah, it's
0: hard to root for him because like yeah. that's what you want for a main <laughs> character. You want to have somebody that you can root for and be like, hey, I want you to succeed. But like, like you said, there were some some episodes and some I guess situations where he kind of took charge and was his own person. But then that took a back seat to let's help this one lady become a better singer, or let's help this other lady. You know, help her with her art, or my friend who needs money. So we've got to make an an a yeah. er, uh, what's it called a, uh, um. Um, eroge. how do you pronounce that? Erogay, yeah. Eroge game. Like yeah, things like that. It just seemed like I, I guess maybe it was just my fault for thinking it was going to be something else because I wanted to see him invest in himself, and it didn't end up being that. And then it didn't end up helping that. It turned out to be a, a, a love triangle drama halfway through the anime where he was really just a prize for these other two girls when i mean yeah.
1: again three girls almost and all the girls were way more interesting than him well and this comes down to again kind of like i was saying like i don't know if who was driving the story cuz it seems like initially they want to tell one story of this guy going back and correct correcting his life i.e. the title remake our life but then he then he like changes it to just kind of following the lives of those the other prodigy characters and you kind of wonder like okay how much would have changed if he had just been there going to college with these characters it's like it doesn't really change a whole lot other than a couple of quirks here or there so it kind of makes me feel like he's just kind of a toy for the narrative like he's just there because if we didn't have him we wouldn't have a center point for the rest of the story that we're paying attention to whereas his emotions and his thoughts don't seem to really matter all that much. And that's that's the disappointing part to me, is that uh, it seems like there was a lot of potential here, but I don't know if it was people interfering with the writing or if the writer just changed his mind, but it just got very messy very quickly.
0: Yeah, I will say that as as a main character protagonist, it just was not interesting to me. Like, he was a good supporting character, but I wanted him to be the main character. I was invested in him as a main character, and it just didn't work for me. So, for my rating of him, or for the story, and for how I appreciated this anime, it would definitely be a bad, so not a well-written character, in my, in my opinion there.
1: Well, there are situations in which this kind of character works, and we're going to talk about one in a... Bit, but yeah, I I have to go with bad. I mean, it's kind yeah. of the same thing with Vicious, where he served his purpose. But Vicious was at
0: least interesting because he, I mean, he was a cool villain. I mean, he was badass and
1: he killed people. But like this guy did not much. Well, I think the other himself. I think the other problem is that like, as kind of we talked about, Vicious knew his place in the story, which was he's a villain and he's kind of like he'll show up, he'll be scary, and then he's gone. This guy is your main focus of the narrative and he's just kind of bland and, and I, uninteresting. And
0: you, you're right, and I will make a point that this is just based off season 1 and I will I do I did say in our review at the end of when we reviewed it I think that the first season was not ideal and is true in what we're saying, but I think the next season could redeem it because he kind of learns that he shouldn't have done all of that he
1: what yeah. he did, right? He learns he that lear- he learns that that was a bad decision. I just
0: think it took too long for me to get hooked on this one anime based off this season i was like this character's not interesting to me yeah he's gonna try to redeem himself in season two if there's a season two but it's just it just took too long
1: yeah i mean this is one of those where i depending on the day i could go either way and they might find a redemption but right now i'm gonna go with bad just because like i, I don't know man this is another one of those stories where it just we're gonna t- where it zigs so hard that you're just. That you're, like, on one of those uh, whiplash roller coasters, and you're like, whoa, I think I broke my neck just now. Fuck. Um, but anyway. <laughs> wanna... Fair enough. Well, cool. Uh, so that was a Remake Our Life, Kiyoya.
0: Um, next, we're going to go on to Setsu. Uh, this is another recent anime. Uh, this was from Th- Those Snow White Notes. Now, if you remember, that came out, I think, a year ago. I want to say in spring 2021. Um and this is your
1: choice, so you want to give us a refresher on those Snow White notes and Setsu. So those Snow White notes is the, uh, gosh, I keep. Shemison, getting, Shemison. Shemison. I guess like I keep forgetting the name of that instrument, but it's a shamisen. It's the really long neck guitar for those of you unfamiliar. <laughs> you with You call that. it a guitar. Yeah, it's a guitar. It's, an, it's a string instrument. It, lo- it looks like a guitar. It looks like a banjo. I'm, I'm trying to explain for people who have no knowledge. It looks of this. like a Japanese banjo. It's okay, so a three string, it's really long necked banjo. Does that sound better to you? Yeah, that the... sounds much better than a guitar. Ah. Okay, fine. So anyway, it's this really crazy instrument, and basically, the plot of the story is, you know, Setsu is was a young prodigy at this, but when his father, pa- when his grandfather rather, passed away. His grandfather, he had basically been mimicking his grandfather's playing style. And the grandfather said, I don't want you to use my playing style anymore. Um, and he took that to mean that uh, don't play anymore. But his grandfather really meant go find your own like way of playing, basically. And uh, so it's basically, the, the show starts out as being his journey to kind of find his own playing style. But then it Turns into, like, a school life anime, which uh, I know is your least favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously there's a lot to take in for how that kind of goes into place. But I guess my main thing with Setsu is that, despite having the story set up a clear goal for him, where it's like he is trying to find his own playing style he doesn't seem to have a goal at at all in this story. Like, he doesn't seem to know what he's trying to do. He's just kind of out there, and things happen to him. And it's very confusing to me. I don't know. Yeah, I agree, and I think that
0: was the biggest thing with him to start for the first few episodes, and for me to get hooked uh, to, again, kind of support the character, was that he didn't know what he wanted to do. And, I mean, that's one of your biggest things as a main character, protagonist, even an antagonist, you have to have a reason of being, a goal, uh, whether that's chaos or, you know, maybe it's to win a tournament. And really, for almost 75% of the anime, the guy didn't care. They made him so apathetic from the beginning. Yeah, well, I mean... And then part of that apathy, let me let me, let me finish. Like, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Uh, part of that apathy did come from the fact that his grandpa died, so I do understand that there is going to be that... Uh, that moment, those moments of, I guess, quote unquote, sadness slash um, non clarity because of you know this kind of big passing in his life. So I understand that, but it just seemed that he never really he never really grew from that death in any way. Or it was it was it was almost kind of like that was the driving force for him, but he just kind of like swept it under the rug. It's like yeah, my grandpa died.
1: Well, for me, it's also like. And this, and again, maybe this has to do with the editorializing, editorial fighting, like, the writer. So initially he shows up in Tokyo because he's trying to find this thing. And he plays a song, and we're like, oh, he gets really big on pop music. And so we're like, oh, okay, so this is his destiny. Then his mom shows up, and she's like, no, you got to play with me. And we're like, okay, this is his destiny. And then it's like, oh, no, now you're enrolled in school. Now he's got to do this, and it's his destiny. But he doesn't show an interest in any of those things. He's just kind of forced into every one of those situations. Yeah, true. And so every time I'm kind of like, so what does he actually want to do? Because he doesn't even seem that invested in finding his own sound, really. He's just kind of getting dragged along and is like, you know, being told what to do by high school students and teachers and his mom and whoever the love interest happens to be at the time. It's like, so it's very it's kind of all over the place and I'm like I don't ever feel like this guy is a character he's like a blank sheet of paper for everybody else to like grab at and try a to write blank their own sheet story. of paper
0: is putting it nicely because yeah. my my next comment on him as a character was this this is a a series based on music as well like they do a lot of good uh, they do a good job of really upping up the music aspect of this anime that I I will give that a highlight is that you know when they play the shamisen, when they have these pieces that they play, it it is interpreted well. Like it looks great, it sounds great. They do a good job of trying to setting a trying to set a scenery in the stage for this. Not just like oh there's a dude just playing. Like yeah. Oh you'll see what people are feeling. You'll you'll kind of get a feeling of what the player's feeling. And the worst part is like Setsu as a character, from again, just what seems like the majority of the time is a blank piece of paper when he's playing like i don't get anything from him Oh yeah that's true and a couple of a couple of situations he maybe perked up he might have sped up but you just don't see it and maybe i don't know like i know that the shamisen is a more traditional old school instrument so maybe they're trained to not necessarily show emotion and to kind of just be on display but again when They had the tournament arc. Mm -hmm. There was different types of styles and more animated people, and all of those people were way more interesting because they brought their personality to their playing style. Yeah, And and him was a lack of personality to a playing style, which seemed, you know, which was interesting, but again, he himself didn't care about his playing style for the longest of time.
1: And I also was kind of fascinated by that, too, because, yeah, you look at, they had the romantic play guy, and he's like doing his playboy thing on stage, and you can yep. actually feel him that seducing guy people. They his had the all-girl
0: bro- group that was like, you know. Yeah,
1: his, his brother, who is like very aggressive and all that. And I kind of like, they play him up to be Setsu. They play him up to be kind of like this really fast, kind of almost punk-rocky kind of guy, but he never shows any emotions when he's playing he, he, he might as well be a brick up there So no, yeah. yeah you're right it, it was hard for us to kind of connect with him and
0: really root root for him again like I, I definitely think that you want to be able to root for your protagonist your character um, again doesn't help that he doesn't have a goal it doesn't help that he wasn't relatable or enjoyable to watch sometimes and again it just seemed like he was overshadowed by the supporting cast and the supporting
1: cast wasn't that great either that's saying a lot Mm, no I mean I was not particularly impressed by they got rid of the most fascinating character the girlfriend like in the first first two
0: guys at the beginning that made me so mad even her (laughs) cheating boyfriend was was much more more interesting interesting than these high schooler kids and I think this would have done better as a more adult series than a high school kind of
1: situation. Yeah, and that's my only thing is I, I do feel—I look at that and how those two just kind of got sent away, and I'm kind of like—I feel like somebody meddled with this story a little bit. But again, I don't know the details, so that's what we have to go on. Um, I would say he's a bad character. I, I just don't see him fitting into much of anything, really. Yeah, I would
0: say he's also a bad character. I At the end of it, I still didn't care about him, his goal or lack thereof. His personality was still bland. Uh, his playing style, I guess he figured it out and for the longest time this is kind of this kind of goes into his personality, his playing style. Um, it seemed that he his grandpa told him to find his own style, but he still kind of went back to his grandpa. like he was like, oh yeah, this is the original song that my grandpa played. I'm gonna use that and modernize it and then kind of take from that.
1: I'm like, yeah, but you still kind of went back to your grandpa. You yeah, like, still kind of did the exact thing he told you not to do. Yeah, it's weird. No. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have anything. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Yeah, anyway. he wasn't
0: very original. Nothing stuck out when it came to being a unique character. Um, and at the end of the day, for me, he was bland. So yeah, those are so, kind of my takeaways.
1: Hope nobody likes him because that was the.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, you guys. And unfortunately, the order we ended up going—and not really, unfortunately, it just kind of happened to be that way—is that we kind of started off with the ones we weren't. We have more of the not-highlights first. So, But this next one, everyone kind of enjoys. Um, we're kind of discuss whether or not we see him as a well or poorly written character. Um, his name is Rimuru. Uh, what is his last name? Rimuru... I think they just call him Rimuru.
1: No, he has a last name. Tempest? Tempest, that's it. Yeah. Is that Rimuru? Yeah, cause yeah he's, because he's named after the dragon. The dragon, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rimuru Tempest
0: from... Um, reincarnated as a slime. Everyone knows this because this is one of the more popular
1: uh, isekais. Um, it was one of the more popular slime anime. God.
0: Yeah, it's not as good as that other slime anime though. The uh, I got reincarnated as a slime shuts, and yeah. Erdo,
1: uh I've been killing three slimes 300 years. Yeah, and I've only but, reached max yeah, level. Yeah, that that one's f- much level. Better shut your better. fucking mouth.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so remember, um this was your choice as well. Um, so you want to just give us a, a nice little gloss over of Rimuru as a character in
1: the, in the setting? So Rimuru is it's an isekai. Um, it's one of the better isekai, as Ozzy pointed out. But basically Rimuru in the previous life was an office worker um, who gets killed and gets kind of reincarnated in another world. And because he gets reincarnated, he wishes to basically be invulnerable because, because he got Stabbed to death in the last world. So it turns him (laughs) into a slime. And as he kind of goes along, he starts learning all these things that he can do as a slime. And, you know, I'm yada-yada-ing yada over a lot of stuff. But basically, he ends up meeting a dragon, befriending him, eating it to try and cancel a spell, and basically becomes like a super-powered guy and ends up meeting a lot of people who want to join him and eventually ends up kind of making his own, like, monster city slash civilization um and that's kind of the whole premise of the story is just like it's not so much about him trying to like take her over the world or like save the princess or anything like most isekai he's just kind of like yeah uh i liked the modern world with all its food and alcohol and stuff so i want to remake that over here and uh since I'm a monster, let's go ahead and get all these other monsters. Let's just make life better for everybody. So that's kind of that's kind of the vibe that he goes with. Um, now, <laughs> and I feel like Ozzy might disagree with this. I've got him listed as a poorly written character in a story that fits his nature, um, because I guess my logic for that is comes down to Remuru himself is your kind of standard isekai protagonist, i.e. he's overpowered, he never runs into a situation that he can't really overcome, and he's just kind of there to help push the story along whenever they get backed into a corner. But really the most fascinating part about the story to me is all the stuff that happens around Rimuru, which is, you know... The building of the city, the political stuff, the watching his minions get like stronger or have more unique personalities or get along with other people. You know, it's so to me, like even though Ramuru is the main character, I don't think he has he is not the uh, core of the story. I think a lot of it is the supporting characters who are around him that kind of cause him to be you know more emotional in, emotionally invested in the world and that's kind of what I'm going for but Ozzy what's your take on that? No that's it? fair I can see I mean I agree that
0: I agree in, the, in your note that he does fit the story well um, that he drives the story and that's the point I also agree that he is your typical uh, Isekai main character where he is OP he has no problems yeah um any problem that he encounters even if he's not the strongest character he still finds a way or the story finds a way to make him still okay like when he found that one i forgot her name the like one of the demon lords the pink lady oh man Millum. mill or yeah is it
1: Millum? millim something about that yeah
0: when he like encounters her he can't necessarily beat her but he ends up befriending her because just
1: because right because he has honey
0: yeah i think it's because he has like candy right yeah he he basically has candy yes it's been a while um but it's just like those little things it just it's funny but to me it does get a little old that it just doesn't ever seem like it's challenging uh and even when like one of the first major arcs was when they were dealing with the um uh, the what is that massive
1: orc was an orc king uh yes the disaster orc yeah, yeah disaster orc like
0: when he was dealing with him like that was the only time i think we saw him kind of like go full power for the first part of the first arc of the story and it was still a very easily decisive battle where he's just like Oh, i'm just going to eat you and it's just like you didn't get to see much besides all his other subordinates kind of going all out because they did need to because you know they're not yeah the main they're not right? the main
1: character yeah. um well, and honestly, I, I kind of like a lot of that. Like the goblin who's riding the Stormwolf wolf now. Like, I like him. He's fun.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will say that this anime is saved a lot by the supporting cast. Like, Mm-mm. I'm more interested in the supporting cast because they flesh them out well. They have a lot of supporting cast. It's not just like one or two. It's like, you know, you have all these people that are loyal to him. And that's, I think, I think he's a well-written character because even with this, he does have certain qualities that i can relate to because he's still he's still kind of like he's still human in a way like a lot of times when you get these isekais, you get characters that become op and that's their new thing they're just op and they don't fall back in their old ways from their past lives yeah and he kind of does a little bit you know he kind of like every now and then he brings up the whole uh the when he like meets that one guy who also was teleported um i think it was like the care the care one of the caretakers for the kids yeah um they like bonded over the manga thing and he like brought like created all these manga chapters for him to read and it was just cool to kind of like i know it's more comedic relief but it's just it's just nice to see his human side from before and kind of forgetting that he's this omnipotent pretty much uh new beat i guess uh creature because is he, a slime he does have a human form yeah. but he is still a
1: slime right? yeah i mean i i get where you're coming from i think that's kind of that kind of plays into it is i think that this is a story for him more about the emotional connections and that works for him right i mean you're saying the yeah. basis
0: of the story is him building connections building literally yeah. areas for people to better themselves and to better his yeah. area because he doesn't i mean where he's living is just not he's just a slime and there's nothing.
1: Well, and I mean if we look at a comparable character, I'm not going in depth on this character, but if we look at a comparative, yeah, comparable character like Kirito, it's like the reason he doesn't work is because he's overpowered. But his goal, but he has a clear goal, and even though he's kind of relating to all these people, everybody's also looking to him as like the savior or whatever that is. And Rumuru is much more down to earth. Like even yes, though he's thing, down to earth, even though right. he's the boss, he's also like. Yeah, but I also just like to get drunk and sit around on my servant's titties. And <laughs> that is true. He's, eat, eat. Okay, so there you go. Another thing that's kind of relatable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean,
0: it's fun to kind of see his human side. You know, of course he's lacking the human side now, but he was still technically a human. His All his, his uh, thoughts are still there. All his memories are still there. And I think that's what makes him a, a better Isekai character in my eyes, a, a good one. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's great because you're right. I, I do think that other things drive the story better. Other characters are more interesting, but I, I do like him personally. I think he is a good character. Is he a, one of the better characters? I don't. I won't go that far,
1: but I would give him a good. Yeah, I... you don't have to change your opinion. You can stay with bad. Oh, I don't think he's bad. I think he's. It would be. It would Poor. be ugly at the worst. But Fair I, I. Yeah, I don't know man I'll, I'll stick i'll stick with ugly because i just feel like he's kind of a just he's still kind of a generic character but the story is really what makes him work as a that's fair and we're, we're analyzing these characters within the realm of the
0: story and also as their own characters right i mean yeah they can fit the story but really just be kind of not great interesting characters or bland characters yeah so that's fair cool right. well yeah well, that's one slime, and uh, now we can move on to the next slime of the sto- of the uh, of the categories, and uh, that is actually an old
1: school character, uh, Boo. Are you are you happy with yourself? Are you happy, why are you happy with? That I didn't wine? just slime myself. Mm. <laughs> All right, so well, we went from blue to pink. It's, it's your it's you. Tell us about Boo. Boo. Okay, so unless
0: people are just living under a rock, Boo is the last villain in the dragon ball z um story so dragon ball z obviously everyone knows um goku and his comrades z fighters um <clears throat> it is the last arc which is the majin Buu arc and bu is an essentially this crazy evil incarnate being that's i guess just made of evil he really doesn't have a form that was he doesn't really have a creation he's just evil um And I guess the fascinating thing with him is he has multiple forms. Um, I say Boo, but he has Kid Boo, he has Super Boo, he has Good Boo, he has Fat Boo, he has Evil Boo, he has... um, I mean, we're not even going into the forms of Super Boo, which are Gotenks
1: Boo, uh, Piccolo Boo, he has uh, Gohan Boo... So, I mean, we're talking six or seven characters. Yeah, this is the one that I really struggle with because you want to encompass every single Boo Well, the reason I do that is because this is a
0: complicated (laughs) character because I think he is good and bad. Because I think they did an injustice to him halfway through and then they brought it back, but
1: I think... A little too late, yeah. A
0: little too late, and then A, the whole Majin Boo series was just way too drawn out. Like, it was
1: just... It had too much going on at once. Now, I know for a fact... Because I I fall I, I don't know a lot of these other stories because they're kind of recent or they're kind of like outside my wheelhouse. I know for a fact this was a case of an executive meddling, but uh, well, yeah, which happened? Yeah, there was a lot to say about which, the Majin Buu series. Which well saga. that that happened a lot in Dragon Ball Z. I mean, if you want to get into it, yeah. you look at all the executive meddling and the Cell Saga. Well, but, technically
0: the Cell Saga it didn't have a ton of meddling as as much as Majin Buu. It just had enough meddling where. You know, technically, Are you the, ki- cr- the creator
1: did not want to continue the story after the, the Cell no, of no, Freeza no, no. Saga, right? No, no, no. Are you kidding me? Like, you do not know this? This is like... Okay, hold on. All right. So, side tangent. So, the, the editors basically wrote everything from the Android Saga to the Cell Saga. Like, so the old androids show up, and they were supposed to be the main villains. But the editor came in and said, like, no, nah, you can't have a clown and an old guy <coughs> be the villains... So then they made the young androids and then the editor came in and was like, These guys are punks, where's the real villain? And then they bring in Cell and he's like, What the fuck is this bug thing? So then he makes like the in-between cell and he's like the editor's like, No, we can't have that thing on screen because get him to the final form now, which is why semi-final only goes for so long, because they wanted to have him in there longer. And then he gets to the final form. And then that was where they let Toriyama take back over. So basically that entire arc, I, I jumped through it pretty quickly. But that whole thing was basically written by the editors. And Toriyama was just kind of getting wasn't along for the ride. But yeah, that kind of stuff well, as convoluted as that is, I feel like the Majin Buu saga is even more convoluted. It, it was ridiculous.
0: we're not here to talk about Dragon Ball Z's issues. We're here to talk about Buu and his issues.
1: Um, Alright, so yeah, sorry. Go into it. Go so Buu
0: has a character... Um, I loved Boo um, growing up because of one thing, and that was, well, two things technically is two forms, is Super Boo and Kid Boo, because those two forms were exactly what I think Dragon Ball Z did need after Cell, Frieza, um, I guess things like, I guess what are the other villains, like Raditz, I guess, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Between those three, it was a nice change of pace to get the absolute just pure chaos of the villain that was super boo and kid boo like those you didn't, two you didn't like the original boo the original boo was fun but i mean i'll get into it i think i think he was i think he was still a good character yeah. i didn't love him to start with but when i rewatched it it was good to kind of get the fun nature it really ra- ra- reminded me of like a dragon ball yeah. situation right the original series um and then his development into super boo was great yeah. that i think all that was great as a character because you got something that was unexpected because when you, when they they did all this build up for the cocoon breaking and bringing this Majin Buu character who is supposed to be this insane character that's that no one can kill, unstoppable, yeah. and out comes this fat dude, and you're like, what the fuck? Like yeah. I thought that was great because it was a change of pace. All these characters are like, I'm the strongest. They look cool, and like never have they really had something this silly be this crazy because yeah. I mean it brought out you know it brought out Majin Vegeta he had to die Goku Super Saiyan 3 had to come out and it's like we still can't beat this stupid fat fuck and it was just I thought it was great I thought it was silly I thought he looked cool was he the best form no but I still think he was a good character and then his transition into splitting himself into good and evil and then kind of having this dilemma and then becoming Super Buu was great I thought when they did that I was like this is it this is like a great villain like this is this is going to be the ending. But no, we got like two more
1: arcs within the Majibu arc. Yeah, that's true. Right? Um, because they can't have Gohan be the main character. Fuck should, off, dude! That, that should have been... Dude! No, a, you're right, you're right. They, that can, should have, they can't, they can't, they can't. They no, can. That should have been the real good, bad We, can have another, we should write about no, Gohan. We, we, we really can't, we really can't. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, dude. But no, um, oh my God. Before, you, before you use up <laughs> all our time, rhythm. I actually kind of love... Uh, yeah, my favorite one... So I love... Super Boo was probably my least favorite of the transformations. My favorite one was exactly for all the stuff you said. I loved Fat Boo and I loved Kid Boo because Fat Boo embodied the sheer, like, insanity of the arc, which was great because it's just, like, he really is what he says on the tin. It's, like, it's just a force of chaos. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about anybody else. He's just going to go around blowing stuff up, and he doesn't care about it. And eating chocolate. And even chocolate. I mean, who doesn't love a good buck chocolate? But yeah, no, I loved him as a character just because it was so out of the ordinary, but they could never put him down. And the more they tried to, the more, like, kind of menacing and evil he became and antagonistic. And the problem that I kind of ran into is when he became Super Boo, he became too much of a... He became too much of, like, a... Evilly evil McEvilson character, like I, I hate to put it. I'm ra- not sure what you mean there, but I, I he he became more of like he became too much of a like mustache twirling villain where it's like he was v- at the same time very egotistical but also like very like just straight up like mauling everybody and it kind of became the point where like with Super Buu, I just kind of got fed up with him where I was just like can someone please kill this thing well I think Which, that's because
0: they made it too long I don't think yeah. that was a character issue I think that was a that was a design of or a serious issue personally yeah. but I know what you're saying and I think that's kind of what leads me into my dislike for the forms that he became after yeah. Super Boo, because I was like alright Super Boo needs to be done but then they elongated in saying oh well he's a Gotenks form now oh he's a Piccolo form now yeah. oh he's a Gohan form now
1: and that- it's Which, and it's a shame, though, because, yeah, I think there was a lot of... He was a terrifying figure. I think I kind of lost interest when he immediately, like, killed everybody on the planet. No, that shit was badass, dude. (laughs) That's what
0: Dragon Ball Z needed for the longest of time. It was just like, oh, we can stop these characters. They didn't stop Boo.
1: He literally murdered everyone. They didn't stop him at all. But, no, I mean, he's a fascinating character. But Kid Boo was the fun one because I think... He was also the contrast of Fat Boo. Like Kid Boo, actually felt like we had built up to something, and this right, guy, right, he did, yeah, yeah,
0: and he was the best of both worlds when yeah. it came to
1: Majin Boo, Fat Boo, and Super Boo, which were the best traits yeah. of him were his well, absolute chaos. Yeah, well, and I guess that's the thing with Super Boo is Super Boo seemed too d- direct, but he also seemed kind of like. I'm doing this to torture you guys. Like Yeah, he did he did seem yeah. a little more calculated than Kid Boo was. Whereas Kid Boo really embodies the sheer chaos yeah. and like fucked upness of Yeah, like, where there's no rhyme or reason. It's just kill to kill, Yeah.
0: and then if I don't want to kill it's because I don't want to, not because I can. It's just, I'm not going to yeah, right now, but I'll, I will kill you when needed. Right?
1: I, I actually was amused when he didn't want to kill anybody, because he just, like, falls asleep. He falls asleep, he's <laughs> you know, just I'm like, like yeah. there's nothing about it, yeah, yeah, this like, is not interesting.
0: It, it was just a good change in pace <laughs> for the series to get something a little bit more silly, and also crazy. I'm
1: gonna give you the last three minutes, so just tell us the rest of your thoughts, like, whatever you got. No,
0: I mean, I think he's a great character with flaws, so I'd give him ugly, because... You know, we had the whole Evil Boo, we had the whole Gotenks, Piccolo, and Gohan form Boo, um, but ultimately the highlights were Super Boo and Kid Boo and and Fat Boo, those being the best forms and good villains um, overall.
1: I would say, I mean, and Fighters got it right, I would say that Fat Boo is good, Kid Boo is good, Super Boo... I'll be kind and say he's ugly just because he stuck around for too long. And Oob is bad. Oob is <laughs> just, <laughs> Oob is, Oob is just GT bad. doesn't exist. Even <laughs> yeah. though that technically he is still at the end of Dragon Ball Z. He is there, yeah. So but yeah,
0: so that that is a is a cool character, um, but you know it can get a little ugly.
1: Nah, for sure. Um, well, sweet. That, like I said,
0: um, we got all the the slimes in. Now we can move on to. Uh, this is going to be a hot one because. Oddly enough, Logan and I randomly picked two characters from one manga, st- one series. Technically, we
1: because you picked like
0: all the female. Well, I did one. So you picked bit. like four or because five. I think they do a good job. And okay. who, who are we to blame? Because. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is such a top tier manga. So are we story. just
1: treating all of these as like one discussion right here. No, or? I mean we're going to discuss them at the same back to
0: back. But technically, we're going to start off with the main character that you picked, Edward. Okay, so everyone t- knows who
1: Edward Elric is. Yeah, so we're <laughs> we're talking about Full Metal Brothers Alchemist. What the fuck uh, did you just Full say? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, and we're talking about the main char- character, Edward Elric. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, I'll just give a brief summary. Um, he blows his kids, arm off. Kid's mom dies. They try to bring him back to life. That was a bad idea. And now his brother is like a shell of armor and he lost his arm and leg and they're trying to fix it. There you go. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yep. They, pretty much the they live thing. in modern 2020
0: and there's no technology. COVID is going on. Oh, wait. No, that's
1: now. <laughs> that's the... Uh, that's the current. But anyway, I I just really like Edward. I think he's relatable on a lot of levels. And I think part of why I mean we had to have Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood on this list is that it is very well thought out and very well fleshed out in terms of its characters. So Edward, if he was in another story or if he was written by another writer, he could be a boring kind of character, because he is he shares a lot of the traits that I think we dislike in, like, Isekai characters. He's very smart, very strong. He doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses. He seems to overcome everything that's kind of thrown at him. So, you know, in those ways, it it can be confrontational. The reason that the show works is because the whole show is kind of about mistakes in a lot of ways. And I think he, obviously, based on my intro... He is suffering from one of the greatest mistakes. He decided to do something that he knows he shouldn't have done, and it took the body of his brother away. I mean, he cares about his arm and his leg too, but it ruined his brother, so he's really torn up about it. And from then on, he kind of comes across people in his journey who are all in the process of making their own mistakes, you know, and they may or may not seem like that, but like, uh, I can't remember every name, but there's the alchemist who combines his daughter with a dog and all the memes happen um yeah, yeah, yeah. there's the mean there's it. there's scar who is like given the power of alchemy but immediately uses a terrorist ishval to murder as many people as possible there's all the other alchemists who like end up destroying ishval there's like so everybody's going through this constant cycle of like basically dealing with their problems. And I think that Edward fits really well into that world because he's constantly seeing all this and how it happens and developing as a character. And he kind of has a great contrast between a lot of the characters, especially the villains, where the villains are doubling down on theirs and Edward kind of realizes over time that he needs to change. And that's something you don't always see in characters an actual change in mentality over time. And that's something I really appreciate about him. Not just that he's spunky, not just that he's a fun character with a lot of quirks, not just that he's a caring, kind brother and everything. It's that the story actually feeds into the core elements that he believes in and that he needs to fix about himself in order to kind of resolve everything. And I don't know... I, I love that. There's a lot of other reasons I love Edward as a character. Um, and I could talk for hours. I'm just trying to sum up my biggest one because, like, I can't be here all day. So Yeah, uh, yeah
0: we could definitely do a whole another episode just on Fullmetal Alchemist and it's it, the story itself. Um, I will say, I feel like you contradicted yourself a little bit there by saying that he wouldn't fit in other stories. Not in all stories because um, he's kind of a, an OP character in a way, just like... Um, isekai characters but then you proceeded to say that it's about his mistakes which i agree 100 percent that it's he is about his mistakes like part of the story is about him trying to run away but also find the error in his ways and i think that's what makes him human makes him relatable i think that makes him better than any isekai character i don't think that makes him op at all i think that makes him real because he realizes he made a mistake he realizes that he's not perfect and he's going to figure out how to fix it his own way. And I think that's another trait that is great for him is that he is so steadfast and stubborn to a a fault, actually. Because from the very beginning, he says, we're going to find the Philosopher's Stone. They find it. They find out exactly what it is. And then as soon as he finds out, he says, we're never going to fucking use this thing. This thing is insane. I don't want to use this thing that caused so much suffering when I've already caused people suffering. And then from that moment on till the very end when he had another chance to use a Philosopher's Stone, when he thought that he couldn't bring his brother back when he was at the end, he still said, no, I will never use that. And like that quality of being stubborn and so steadfast in his ideals is just so – it's so great. Like I, I see that and it just – the fact that he's unwavering, the yeah. fact that he's just so – set on the way he wants to do things that being you know another thing is that he didn't want to um, he didn't want to like bring other people into his and in his brother's issue like I want at the end too his dad was like hey you know you can use my life to bring back um, uh, yeah and he's like now nah, that's you know your brother and yeah. he's like no this is me and my brother's yeah, my mistake yeah I have to fix it and you're right a full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is all about mistakes. All about the governs, government's mistakes. All about well, the military's mistakes.
1: Yeah, you jumped straight to the Philosopher's Stone. I was saying even before that, he's like, I want to be a government alchemist. And then he finds out what all that's about. And he's like, oh, this is this is bad. <laughs> but again, yeah. Right, but even then, that you shows
0: should... his steadfast yeah. like, stubbornness because he's like, this will help me get the resources I need to fix yeah. my life and my brother's. I will go through hell and back to do it because I already did that itself, right? Yeah. And... Yeah, it's just kind of crazy how he's always looking for truth. He's always looking for the answer uh, throughout all this craziness, and that's another aspect that I like about him. He's he's really smart. He likes to gain knowledge. You know, he likes to. He wanted to figure out what the philosopher's stone was. He wanted to learn about new alchemy once he lost the hope of the philosopher's stone. Yeah. You know, he wanted to learn about the Ishvalan crisis. You know, the yeah, the um, genocide the, because genocide. he knew yeah. it was a big issue. He wasn't involved, but. You know, with Scar being you know such a terrorist, and then the military trying to hide it under the rug, you know. So I I think that he is one of the best protagonists of like that I've ever seen. Really, yeah. Just, he's so well rounded. He does have faults. He knows that he has faults. He's not perfect. He's not he's not the strongest character. He's not the uh, strongest alchemist. He's not the most powerful alchemist. He's not you know the tallest of characters either like all these
1: all these faults he has but yet he's still well-rounded you you can't say that he's not yeah okay man he's gonna get upset with you but anyway uh no i mean i just really like him as a character and he fits in really well into the world and i do like that the writer does a fantastic job of making the whole world reflect his problems and i i think it's very well done um so that's a good yeah, no, I mean, I don't think we're gonna trash him at this point. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> there's not much
0: trashing, really. Yeah. Um, but then, um, yeah. So that's that's one side of the coin for the full 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 Metal Alchemist uh, topic of today. The other side is the females. So I'm sorry that I didn't give each one their own t- time, but I was just so there's just so many females in this in the series that I I really enjoy. So my choice was the females. Of uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and in specific, I did pick three. I had to narrow it down a little bit. Uh, my three were um, Izumi, um, Winry, and um, the teacher, the friend, and Reza Hawkeye. Reza Hawkeye, the uh, the sidekick, and I mean that in the in the best way that you could say that, and yeah. because she's into weapons, so it's kind of like a, a yeah. Line.
1: Well, I am kind of upset that you didn't include uh, Mrs. Armstrong or is it Miss Armstrong? I think she
0: was an easy character to pick, though. I mean, she has a strong. She's too obvious. She's too obvious. Like, yeah. and the reason I say this is because I think that those three characters that I initially said Izumi, Winry, and Hawkeye all embody a strong woman. That's not that are traits that aren't typical in like anime, right? Like, usually when they try to show a strong woman, it is more like like Armstrong, and it's mm-hmm. like someone who's Tough and over-the-top, over powerful, in a ah. position of strength, in a position of power. And that is strength. That is a good character. It can be a good character. It does show a strong woman. But I like that they still built wonderful characters in other situations. So That's fair. With Winry, she was... I mean, I think all three of them are technically supporting characters. Uh, but with Winry, she was supportive in her... In her like mechanical aptitude right yeah she was this the mechanic that was a top of the line mechanic who built the arm and leg for um for um ed right yeah and then she was always there to support him throughout support alphonse as well but you know she was a good uh form of um what's it called comedic relief as well because you know anytime that uh ed would damage his his um arm arm or leg you know she was pissed right because she was yeah. like this takes so much work i have to redo my work obviously it's comic relief and ultimately there is to tension of like uh romance right with those two yeah but i think she's written well because it shows that a woman can be strong in her knowledge a woman can be strong in her technical aptitude and be still important because not only do they do that they also gave her a backstory with her being involved in the main story of the atrocities of the Ishvalan people, right? Because right. I mean, her, parents her parents were killed by Scar. And connecting that together and having her involved and growing as a character with Scar and Edward, was, I think was great. I think mm-hmm. it was great to see her not only just being a supporting character, but also grow and have that chance, right?
1: Yeah. and um, I mean, I do like your other choices too. Risa, I, I think, is a fan favorite. She's kind of a strong, intimidating character, but... She's a profession she's a consummate professional female in like a job in kind of like how we talk about in this day and age where it's like you know these jobs are all meant for men and she's just a constant professional and even though she is kind, she is clearly a supporting character for Roy Mustang, uh the fire alchemist. she is also like she's very good at her job, she knows what she's doing, she's very smart and she's very. Deadly accurate. So she, she is definitely not the strongest character, but she understands her flaws and she is constantly working to kind of improve upon them. And also, she does make a point that she is a lot smarter than I think people give her credit for a lot of the time. I always come back to that. It's a funny scene, but it also gives some insight into the character. Where, like, uh, when we're talking about Scar, where he. They're first encountering Scar, and Roy and Scar have a kind of a face-off in an alley, but it's raining outside, so Roy tries to do his little oh, snap, yeah, yeah. snap fire thing, and Reason knocks him over and starts shooting at Scar, and Scar has to run away. And Roy's like, why'd you do that? He's like, well, your glove's wet. You can't start fires, dumbass. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so she doesn't say it like that. But yeah, no, I think, I, I think it gives you some good insight to the character that's like, she is always thinking of ahead, and she's thinking about these things that are going on around her. So, she, I think, and I, in a lot of ways, people underestimate her because she's a woman, but she's a very smart and tough well, woman. I was,
0: yeah, I mean, and my choice, and the reason I chose her, and basically what you're saying is, she's she's like the ultimate support character for Roy, right? Yeah, she's always there. She's calculating. She's a step ahead of. Pretty much most people, and it helps Roy grow as a character too, right? Like, they're they're really supporting each other. It's not that she's supporting him. They're, she's He's supporting her, and she's supporting him. And, um, yeah, she is calculating. She's kind of cold, and that's just due to her nature and her, um, what's it called, occupation. She's a sniper, right? Yeah. She's had to go through the Ishvalan uh, War and kill all these people. And, you know, she knows the atrocities that she's committed, but she knows that she had to do them for the better, right? yeah um and I, I like that about her character right she understands what she's doing she understands she's a dog and she's just trying to move forward to get to a better day and her ultimate goal is to support Roy in doing that as well because that his is his goal as well right and um yeah I, I've always liked her as a character because it's a nice contrast to I think all the other females who are over the top who have a little bit more of a com- comedic relief for yeah. the series she is just she's there all the time, but she's calm, cool, collected, knows what's going on, and she's very good at supporting other characters too, because she's had moments where she supported Ed, she's supported um, Alphonse as well, and uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's one of my favorites when it comes to just, I when she's on screen, I know that she's going to add to the situation, or she's going to do something cool, right? And right. It, all she does is shoot
1: guns, I mean, she doesn't have alchemy, right? And then of course we're talking about Izumi i don't know if you want to take that but she's she's probably my she's probably one of my favorite characters in the whole show cuz she really is just a reflection of ed but she is over the top in a very fun and enjoyable way just kind of watching but she makes a great idol cuz you watching her learn from deal with a lot of the same struggles that ed does but right. obviously was unable to get over them in the same way. And her kind of resolution is just like living with the suffering, whereas Ed is in a state of trying to correct it. But that doesn't mean just because she's kind of decided to live with her problems doesn't mean that she's not a badass character who won't do anything for her adopted kids. Right, yeah. And yeah. It, it is, she is a great character, and she is
0: probably one of my favorite females because of how they wrote her to be kind of a contrast or maybe more of a comparison to Ed, like you said, because... They essentially have the same path because they both have done this atrocity of human uh, transmutation yeah. they both have trying lost to, people trying to bring people right back to life, and yeah. it's funny because he's trying to bring his mom back and she's trying to bring her child back, back right yeah. so there's that connection there um and she does t- technically adopt the kids when they i guess she didn't because they uh, like force themselves they force themselves as a, as a teacher right they're like hey yeah. he teaches alchemy and You know, and she probably feels bad as a character because she's the one that taught them alchemy and led them to, you know, this human uh, human transmutation. So, you know, she is unique in the fact that she actually takes pride in who she is. And to her, this is her quoting it, she says she's a housewife. I'm not saying she's a housewife because, you know, she's a woman. She is saying, I'm a housewife. And I think that's pretty cool that she doesn't have to be this military dog. She doesn't have to be this, you know, this character who's always, you know, Like, adding to the story, she's just... I'm a housewife, but I'm still badass in my character because I am one of the better alchemists out there. I can hold my own, and I know all this about
1: alchemy and have seen these, like, terrible things, but know what... You can see it also in how the townspeople respect her. It's like, whenever she goes around, like, she's always fixing problems, people really enjoy her being around, people, like... View her as like somebody that they need to look up to and aspire to and respect, and even her husband, who I guess he's not the beefiest guy in the show because uh. of Colonel Armstrong, but yeah, he's uh, he's like this big, strong guy, and like she keeps him in line, so it's like you gotta respect it. You know? Yeah, no, she she knows when to use her power, and she does
0: just like Ed, like she snaps when needed, right, for comic relief or for when you know she has to defend herself or others. And I think it's, it's it's a good parallel to the main character, Ed, who is also a good character. Um, and, I mean, even down to the last fight, you know, she was strong enough to keep up with everybody else. It wasn't like she was a damsel in distress like Sakura, you know. She was actually holding her own.
1: And, Shade thrown at Sakura. No, we
0: all know she's a terrible female character. Okay, But all these three female characters, I think, all embody different aspects of females or just a good character. And they do it well. So props to full metal alchemist brotherhood for writing m- multiple wonderful
1: characters yeah, there's some really great characters all right who's next on the list
0: so yeah to continue on um <clears throat> i think we're down into the short rows of all the good characters really um next is a more recent one is a, a lady named is that vivi Vi-V? Vi-V? yeah Vi-V? yeah smart ass um it's vivi from
1: um what's it called uh vivi florid eyes Fluoride eyes song yeah It's a song. That's what it's called. So, I'm not going to go into this too much. uh, This is recent. We all know. We've we've talked about Vivi like a million times on this podcast. Um, So I guess just to get a few highlights out of the way. First off, strong female character. And it's a main character. And that's very rare. Not just in anime, but in pretty much any media nowadays. So I I got a lot of respect for that. I mean, I guess... what is she
0: really a female? She's a robot!
1: I knew you're going to fucking say that. <laughs> um I was literally about to say I guess you could argue that and then you fucking come in with like off the top rope like oh she's a robot. <laughs> we gotta get the people's elbow baby. <laughs> but anyway, uh I I think the key thing there with her
0: <laughs> I just uh, did the people
1: go Uh the key thing with Debbie is that like she's a clear she's a case of a character that is like I was never intended to do this. I never planned on this to happen. I'm supposed to be somebody who just sings for a living, and now I'm being called on to be this hero of humanity somewhere down the line in the future. And it's like, I don't know what to do or how to do that or even how to acknowledge this as a something I have to do. And yet, I guess uh, in the words of Teddy Roosevelt, at least from that... Uh, from that, At least from the uh, Night at the Smithsonian movie. I don't know if he actually said this, but it's like, you know. Uh, see, some, some people are born for greatness, others rise to the occasion. And Vivi is one of those characters where it's fun to watch her rise to the occasion. Because, like we said, there's no reason for her to be put in this situation. She well, could, yeah,
0: she's literally programmed to do one. Like, and... Even more beyond your point, like yeah. your your point is even more valid because the story itself even says these robots are built for one thing only at a time, right? Yeah, they can only do. She was do built to thing. sing, not yeah. to do other things and be good at singing. She was just built to sing.
1: Right? Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's a little more complicated than that. I don't like their, I like their cute little take on it, but yeah, the basically her job is to make people happy through singing. That's right. like her one goal. And then that allows her to kind of create these weird rule-breaking things. But, yeah, it's basically like, I was designed to do this one thing, and I don't know how to do anything else. But now I have to do this, otherwise the world's going to end. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's fascinating to see not only not only the fact that she rises to the occasion, but also the internal struggle she deals with as a character. And, I mean, we can treat her as an android... But I kind of view it as like a human thing, where it's like, what do you do? You've been doing this your whole life, and all of a sudden, now you got to deal with the psychological trauma of like watching people die and seeing these terrible things happen, and like, what do you? What? How do you handle that? As well, a, yeah.
0: I mean, one thing you did mention is I, I do like that. You know, she kind of becomes the hero, right? It's, it's not that she's born into it; she she naturally like learns along the way, and as the audience, I think that helps you root for the main character even more, right? Because she's learning about um, what she's learning at the same time as we are, like what is leading to this ultimate uprising of AI, right? Yeah. She, you know, she has this main goal, which is pretty set out from the beginning. You know what the goal is the goal is to stop the AI rebellion, right? Right. And it's easy once you have a goal, it's easy to be like, okay, well, now we know what we're after, what we're rooting for. And then as she grows in a character by meeting new uh, – all these new robots, finding out the past behind, you know, s- what caused maybe the rebellion, um, seeing all these uh, events transpire that were bad for AIs in the eyes of people, um, like it really kind of like she has this shell shock at the same time that we do. So you can't help but sympathize with the main character, right? Because like yeah.
1: you feel like she's going through it with you, right? Right. And I think the other important thing is this was... And I don't know how long this was, like, on the developing table, but this was something that didn't... This wasn't adapted. This was just come up with on the fly. And to see how well she was kind of put together the whole...
0: Literally.
1: Yeah. I, was, I knew I set myself up for that. Um, you know, to see how well the story was put together uh, was kind of amazing. Like, the, how well thought out they did. Because, you know, they could have easily been, like it's a beautiful anime they could have easily just been like nah it looks cool um we're good now they they actually put a lot of emphasis on like this isn't just a story about a singing robot that saves the world this is about a girl who is going who's dealing with the psychological trauma that comes along with being a hero and there's something inspiring about that but yeah and i will say that it is a story about her kind of I guess growing
0: a little bit as a human, even though she's not a human, yeah. Yeah. You know, she she gains, you know, experiences. She gains this understanding as she she goes throughout. And I think it it is relatable. It is it is nice to see nice to see and watch. And um, like I said, I I backed her all the way. I rooted for her from the very beginning, and um, that's what made her a good character for me. I mean, she had a goal. It was easy to root for. Uh, She was relatable in how she, you know. Came across these situations, and uh, she was badass. And again, it doesn't matter if she's a female robot or
1: a male robot. It was a great character regardless. So we said good characters on the all the female characters. You just said good characters on all the female characters. Whatever, Um, that's fine. Yeah, I guess we technically did pick just straight female characters. All right. Yeah, because I wanted to go back for all the other characters, but I'm like they're all good. So Full Metal Alchemist, good characters very good character good who's next on the list
0: so the next person on the list I'm throwing a little audible I'm changing it up because I just we were sitting here talking about essentially a robot kind of gaining some humanity um, we're going to talk about Miriam from Hunter Hunter so Miriam is a classic case of this crazy killing animal evolving into human a human as, as kind of as well right it mirrors her and that he gained a little bit of humanity in his arc. So Miriam is um, a villain in the Hunter Hunter series. Um, it's spelled Hunter x Hunter. I hate that they always add that. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, no whatever. one says it. Yeah. But whatever. So his series is actually about um, the chimera ants. And chimera ants are this like advanced species that uses like generation upon generation of animals and previous chimeras to better themselves. Kind of like using the past generation to keep getting stronger keep using their knowledge things of that nature um and they get to a point where they start eating humans and these chimeras are taking in humans who actually have special powers which in the world of hunter hunter is nen um, and this causes them to essentially become even stronger than before and because they've kind Of perfected this, they ended up creating the perfect quote unquote being in Miriam, um, the, yeah. the king of ant, of chimera ants.
1: Oddly, very similar to Perfect Cell. Oddly, well,
0: that and, the, and he looks just like Perfect that's Cell. What I, that's he's what got I'm a saying. huge tail, he's look, he has this humanoid bug appearance. He looks just like Perfect Cell, ah, that's what I'm saying, but a much better villain because, um, so as soon as he comes out the womb, he kills his mother. Just how ruthless he is, he's just like. What, i'm ready to come out fuck you guys i'm the king and they wrote him as a character who knows how powerful he is because in my opinion he is still the most powerful character in the series
1: yeah uh, well i mean you know spoilers not spoilers they have to like nuke him just to kill him well they? even
0: they had to poison
1: him to kill him. they had to poison and nuke him. yes <laughs> and, and only
0: that and essentially, it wasn't really uh, like he lost again. He got poisoned, whatever you can say. But um, when it comes, when it came to one-on-one and battle prowess, there you weren't beating this man um, or human or bug, whatever you want to, to call operate. him. So he was built to rule essentially, and he knew from the get-go. They built him as this kind of one-dimensional character who, out the womb, said. I'm going to rule the world. Anything, everything below me is an insect, pretty much. And if you're in my way, I'm either going to kill you or get rid of you. I mean, I guess that's still killing. Um, and they showed that from the beginning with his mother. Um, he came across like humans, and he would do nothing but just kill them and then start to eat them because they found that he could grow as a uh, as yeah, a, stronger right? stronger by killing and eating, especially yeah. human, because I guess they're the top of the food chain. Um, and he he even went as far as killing his own subordinates. Like there was many times where his like evil subordinates would displease him by just like either being late or having him repeat himself. He just whack him with a tail, literally. Yeah. And they did they did a good job of setting him up as this crazy overpowered character, um, and it not being unwarranted. Like it drove the story for him to be this strong because his ultimate ending wasn't. A power struggle it was something else right right
1: well and i guess yeah that's my fascination with the character is kind of like the ants deal with a direct contrast to humanity which is what everything else has been in the show up to this point hunter the hunter 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 is a complicated show that goes through a lot of arcs with deep philosophical ramifications but this one is more about i guess what does it mean to have true power and what does it mean to rule And Miriam, Miriam is one of those characters where it's like he steadfastly believes in his strength. And as he learns about humanity, he does actually become more human and more emotional in a lot of ways. But that never changes his mentality about the world. He still believes that he's the strongest and he still believes that he is destined to be... The greatest ruler of the world. And to be honest, a lot of what we see around him kind of justifies that because what he reads up on and what he sees in the world of humans with politics being run by kind of weaker individuals who might be scared or unwilling to do what's necessary. He's like, you know, that doesn't make you a good ruler, but because you're good at politics or because you were born into it, now you're here and you're leading everybody else down a bad path. And, like, it's kind of weird, because, like, for a murdering, rampaging, kind of evil dude, you kind of get this vibe of, like, yeah, maybe he would be a good ruler, Or, or like, he has somewhat yeah. of a good intention, right? Yeah.
0: It's almost like the Thanos uh, idea, where he's, like, he's killing all these people, but he does it for the better of the other half, right? Right. We, you know, we're, we're kind of killing ourselves. It's not ideal. Is it a good ideology to have? Probably not, because, you know, you're murdering thousands of people, and... Same thing with uh, Miriam, you know, he's just killing people to get rid of them because they're weak. Um, Yeah. So it is a a strange, like, you start kind of, like, questioning, like, you know, this guy's right. But at the same time, you know, you're kind of a masked killer. So I'm not going to, you know, he is a villain at the end of the day, right? Well, he is,
1: yeah. I mean, it's hard to get sympathy after you've watched the guy kill that many people. You're just like, yeah, yeah.
0: For a while there, they set him up as just very, like I said, one-dimensional, like, I'm going to kill off these humans because they're weak or I'm going to use them for food and I'm going to take over. But like you said, he grows and starts realizing that humans have their purpose. Humans can be exceptional because he does end up growing in a relationship uh, with a friendship with um, this girl that he meets through um, this like little through, uh, mini tender. arc. Yeah, it, Tinder, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> No. Um he has this like mini arc where he wants to grow intellectually, which again another cool thing is that this character is about growth and he not only does he grow in power and grow in understanding, he grows in knowledge for his betterment because he wants to grow in understanding uh board games. He starts out with like chess and then yeah. moves on to like the, the last one he ends up playing was like Gom Gomi Gomji? I go. forgot. Yeah. Um, he does go, but then there's another one. I don't know. Yeah. But this board game. He he apparently tells himself that if he learns this, he can adapt to fighting, and he he can like find a way to be essentially a strategic. You know, it helps him grow as a strategy, um, str, str-, str-, str- what's it strategist. Strategist. That's the word I'm looking for. Jesus, I'm an idiot. Um, but he ends up befriending this world class. Uh, uh, we'll just say go player. I, I fr- I'm sorry if I don't remember the name of the board game, but he ends up be befri- uh, befriending her by coming to understand her because at first he sees her as a literally as nothing because she's actually a blind kind of helpless lady. She's like yeah, literally helpless. But she's the best go player of all time, right? Um but that helps him grow in understanding and helps him I guess be sympath- sympathize for humans well, and understand yeah. that they do have potential. That, that, that they're all not meant to be top tier well, people, right? Well, I
1: think to his idea i guess he always views strength as like one thing he views it as like raw power winning fights kind of thing and what this human shows him is that there are other ways to be strong like i might not have the body i might be blind but you're never going to beat me at this board game i have this intellect that you can't beat me in this certain situation sure it's very specific but you have your purpose right right exactly and i think that's part of what and it's kind of a shame because, again, that's another thing that you want to see in a good ruler is seeing the potential in people. But at that point, it's like you also see why this guy, even though he's kind of like coming, becoming more human, he's already done so many terrible things you can't really forgive him.
0: Right. No, and, and that's another thing that I like about him. Even though he does gain some humanity, he never regrets what he did. He sees it as all part of his ultimate plan to go where he's supposed to go. So Yeah. Um but yeah, ultimately this character is about growth. It's about kind of finding yourself. And, you know, he does find himself as a character. He, he figures out what he wants. And at the end, he ends up, you know, doing what he wants to do. And that's spending time yeah. with this Go player that he befriends. Um, and it, it's actually really sincere in how he develops as a character. And I was sad to see him go. When I, it's, for me, when I see a villain go and it's sad, you wrote a wonderful villain. Like, yeah. It's someone I can sympathize with, but I still at the end of the day know that he's a villain.
1: But definitely a good character. Absolutely,
0: night. yeah. Um, absolutely good character, yeah. So, But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap up with our last character of the night. Um, I guess you can call him a hero. You can call him a villain.
1: He was I, nominated for
0: both. He was I nominated. Fu- for, I, don't I don't think, think he should have no. won either. I don't think he did win either. I he might have no won here I, I have no idea. I I Crunchyroll blows at those things anyways. But we're talking about everyone's favorite, Armin. No, shit, no. Aaron Yeager. <laughs> Okay. Attack on Titan. Um everyone knows about this. Uh, I chose this because I think it would be popular knowing that the final season's going on now and yeah. he's a good character of conversation because uh main character of Attack on Titan obviously um he's the all knowing all powerful like I guess he has the, all the powers of the Titans now. Yeah, and they got he, to the
1: part where he became a giant spine. It was great. Oh, is it already animated? Yeah, it's already. Oh, anime. I have
0: to watch this because we did finish the manga. I don't watch the anime. Yeah. Um, but his story is crazy. I mean, his story is full of prog, full of development as a character because when I remember when we first meet Aaron, he's he's just a boy. He's very like, he's very like, I guess um, steadfast. He wants to join the the I guess the military to help with the killing of, I guess, or I guess he, I guess he wants to, he wanted to do research. Right? At the
1: time, he wanted to just explore. Yeah, he just like, wanted to get away because he he's like, to I'm stuck in these walls. This he wanted sucks. to get out. Of the I want to get out. Yeah. yeah, and I mean,
0: that's completely you could completely understand that. I mean, he he was a character who wanted growth. He wanted to get out of the shell of the walls, um, but they live in this hellish world full of titans, and
1: he can't which escape would, that. Which for if you don't know, it, they're giant people that eat people. They're giant. They're giant zombies, basically. It's weird. There's more to that. That's very yeah. simple. But yes. Yeah. Everyone they're, knows. They're what actually are. Nazi giant zombies.
0: It's <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah. So his development as a character is what makes him such a well-written character. I think because he goes from what we just described to essentially. G- g- Almost being the villain of the story. Now, I won't say villain. I just think of him still as the protagonist, but kind of the anti-hero because he drives the story for a good ending. But he kind of sets himself up as a martyr, right? Everyone knows that that's what he, we're he, heading towards, he right? He turns
1: into like a Lelouch-like character.
0: Very, it's, it is it is essentially a Lelouch character where he takes on the sins of others, like, again, like a martyr. Um, and knows that he has to sacrifice himself because there is no ending this cycle of hatred, which is the Titan's power, right? Um, and I think he, he's a good character because he's relatable in the fact that you see his his progress, his uh, I guess his character change from being this fun-loving kid to dealing with the reality of this, and almost becoming the stoic character, and then end up, ending up being this quote unquote evil character who has their moments and ultimately breaks down at the end like i think that's my favorite part of the story is when he does break down and he realizes like i can't do anything i can't fight this yeah Mm -hmm. i'm doing my best to do this and this is the best outcome i can think of and i don't want this like it's so easy for a character to be written like this is your story this is what you have to do and you can't turn around from it and they just move forward and it's cool. Yeah." But this guy actually breaks down and says, "I wish I could have just escaped with Mikasa, uh, and, and had a life, yeah. and not had to do this." And I think all of us would have had the same reaction, right? All of us would have said, "I'd rather run away with the girl and have a life and have yeah.
1: kids, or have not, you know, not deal with not deal all of with this. the
0: real world, which is full of hate,
1: full of war, and um, you know, Nazis." <laughs> yeah, it's both both in the anime world and in the real world. No, um, yeah, I mean. I always bounce back and forth on Aaron because, like, it depend, Like, sometimes I'll look at him and I'll be like, yeah, this is really good story writing. And sometimes I'll look at him and be like, God, I really hate the story writing for him. I think my main problem with Aaron, though, comes down to that weird power they gave him because it makes you question so much of, like, his decision making. And that – this really gets into a whole other discussion. I don't want to have it here because it's already late, but, like – the whole argument of like are we destined to do something or do we control our own futures is a whole very complicated thing to yeah, deal this, with this thing played with it a lot and yeah, just, you didn't to, know what they were going they they yeah. teetered a lot they, they they really toyed around with it yeah. and i guess at the looking back on it i guess i enjoy it more than i dislike it but man they they toy around with a lot of really complex ideas in this show i can see why people like it i really struggle with Aaron just because he is such a bummer. But then when you realize that like he's dealing with all these thoughts in his head of like you know, knowing the future and knowing what he has to do, it's like, damn, yeah, I would feel the same way. This yeah, it's, sucks. it's hard not to sympathize yeah. and be like,
0: Yeah, I mean, this is all what people would do. If I had all this going on, I would be a shut in. I would try to stay away from my friends, I would try to keep them from this and not share it because as much as people say, like, oh, rely on your friends. You can't rely on your friends when you're the only one who knows what's going on. Yeah. You're the only one who can interpret these thoughts. And you're the only one who can control the Titan's yeah. power. Like, and also,
1: like, knowing, like, the people that you're friends with, you know, who's going to betray you, who's, who's like, going to die, like, the next day. It's like, damn, that's got to be tough, man. That's rough. Knowing that you, one day you might be responsible for these people's deaths. It's that too. Tough. I mean,
0: he even went as far. And again, these are spoilers for people who haven't finished the anime, but the manga's over, so, you know... Shield yourself for the last few bits But um, He You know He goes as far as saying That he had to Essentially uh, Orchestrate His mom's death So the story could Continue Like He Essentially I think I remember the scene Where he um, Distracted the The titan Or encouraged the titan To come towards him Towards his mom So he could eat her So his story could Again cycle through Um, It's a weird Time travel Slash loop that I really don't understand.
1: I don't necessarily enjoy that part. No,
0: it's convoluted because I think too much about it. But, you know, he had to do all these unforgivable things. He had to essentially turn his back on his friends. And, you know, as much as we're like, oh, yeah, that would be easy to do, like, I don't think any of us could do that. And to write a character who could do that and still be human in it by questioning it, by breaking down, by, at the end, you know, kind of coming out and saying, I wish it was different um you know it's it's relatable it's it's good to see that
1: he's still human at the end of the day i'm gonna i'm gonna still say it's an ugly not because i think he's a bad character or anything it's just so much to think about it's really complicated and like i said depending on when you come back to it you could be like no that doesn't make any sense or you could be like no that makes perfect sense and it's just like it's really hard with Aaron, and that's the same reason why, like, people are like, "Is he a protagonist? Is he an antagonist?" Like, I for one, and maybe this says more about me as a person. I for one was always on his boat, just because, like, and we've talked about this. Like, the other option was like letting the Nazis win, and I was like, "Nah, fuck that." <laughs> like, no, I would I, rather the white world get wiped out. No, from- I, I was on his boat too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: if this is the only plan you foresee happening, like, you know, yeah, yeah, by yeah. all means, go for yeah, it. It's do a badass it, man. ending. Did it make sense the way they they did it at the uh, end with the spine and not all that shit? Necessary. I was like, why is there an insect on? This, like, what's going on? Yeah, but him calling all the titans and ending it like, you know, it is kind of kind of funny that, you know, not funny, but to end the titans, the titans had to end everyone else first. But that was his ultimate goal, right? He yeah. wanted the titans to go away. Um, it took a while for his friends to discern that he kind of had to spell it out for them. But that's because he he knew what he had to do, right? Because he, yeah. he knew the past, past, the present, the future. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, they they wrote him very complex. I will say that. So it's hard for some people to be like, yeah, he's written well. But I do think he's written well for the story. Because the story is also fucking
1: complex. It is. It is very complex. To think we, we started with a show that was just about giants eating people. And we got here. Like,
0: God. Yeah, that's true. It's It was a uh, wild ride. Lord. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to probably have to watch this last season just because some, some of the situations that they put themselves at the end are just so ridiculous that I need to yeah. see on the screen.
1: Well, I'm sure it'll be good. But yeah, I think uh, we've gone on long enough. That's uh, all our characters, and hopefully that gives you some good insight to our listeners out there about you know what, what you can do with a good character versus a bad character and how you can kind of develop your characters and what you can look for when you're reading these stories yeah
0: And i mean and again a not a badly written character or an ugly character doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't do the story justice right sometimes the story still does a great job and um they serve the story so um we had fun looking through all these characters and you know maybe we'll come back and do another one um and pick another random characters but um uh, yeah thanks for uh, sitting through with us on that one um we covered 10 characters and uh We'll come back and probably have a either different topic
1: or we might do our season review next time, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Is the end of the season already? Jesus. At least mid-review, no? Time flies. All right, guys. Well, it's been lovely talking to you. Y'all have a good rest of your week. Shoot us an email at uh, raleighanime at gmail.com. Take it easy, y'all.
0: Later.